Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest, the greatest edition of Nick's Nonfiction. You're here with your host, Nick Munez. Today, Dr. Hartman is breaking ADHD, a hunter in a farmer's world. Tom starts out saying ADHD isn't a disorder, it's a difference. You're not a dangerous antisocial avoidant person, you're different. I personally think American kids are on more stimulants than Nazi super soldiers. All this riddling, I've done my fair share of Adderall, I would have figured the kids would be throwing raves in the back of the classroom. Kids on drugs, what the heck? Tom's big point for the book is, Ben Franklin asserts that he was America's first entrepreneur. Rather than simply learning a trade and opening a lifelong business, he learned dozens of trades and created more than 30 businesses as well as social and governmental institutions. Yeah, how are those institutions holding up a Ben? Well, he did employ a lot of people with 30 businesses. The whole thing he's saying is, Ben Franklin was a hunter, man. He couldn't do one thing. He's empowering dumb people to have short attention spans. <laughs> Sorry, I'm keeping it together, this book. He says the corporate model is a kind of a farm. Yeah, that's what me and the boys call it around the water cooler. The human productivity farm. <laughs> Tom says entrepreneurs are hunters, while neurotypical people are gatherers. Tom, have you ever even killed an animal? You have to temporarily disconnect. Okay, caveman diet, keto, ADHD, special enhancement, whatever you're going to call it, we're all monkeys. And some of us like to play monkey see, monkey do more than the others. The kids that don't get yelled at in the classroom. Quote, providing a supportive survival guide uh, to help fine-tune your natural skill set rather than suppress it, Hartman shows that each mind, whether hunter, farmer, or somewhere in between, has value and great potential waiting to be tapped. I'm trying to tap that potential, girl. If you open up a camp to help kids that have ADHD, is it a concentration camp? <laughs> we'll be right back. About the author Tom Hartman, born 1951, Grand Rapids, Michigan, graduated Michigan State, uh, did a radio show for 20 years, got picked up by Sirius XM. That's why he's obsessed with this whole hunter entrepreneurial lifestyle. Says he has OCD. I wonder if I have OCD sometimes. And then I think I would have checked a hundred times. <laughs> you ready for this take? There's not much about this guy online. I think ADHD is Parkinson's for young people. Wait, what were we doing? What time were we meeting up? I'm sorry, I was distracted. I was looking at my phone. I have ADHD. <laughs> Tom, you're empowering idiots with this book. I just need this crutch in my life because I have a special... You need to improve your focus. <laughs> We're giving kids stimulants when... Lion's mane mushrooms can improve your focus. There's other ways. What are we fucking doing? It's seriously giving undisciplined people an excuse to be annoying. Your service animal, it's for ADHD. I'm going to bring a crocodile on the plane. How many people with ADHD do you think tried to read this book and never finished it? <laughs> what happens when you leave your ADHD medication in your Ford Fiesta? Turns into a Ford Focus. <laughs> what do you call enhanced ADHD? 
80 1080p. We'll be right back. Chapter 1, ADH, these nuts. We're going to be spamming the random soundboard today to keep in the theme. The dogs are barking, let's let them out. First sentence this guy puts the thesis out there, loving it. We all experience a spectrum of levels of states of consciousness as we go moment to moment through daily life. One end of the spectrum is a very open, distractible state that we experience when driving or walking past a busy street, noticing all the events around us alert to everything in our environment. Neil deGrasse. He didn't go on to explain the other side. If there's distractibility, there's also focus. You ever hear the one about the man who gets run over by a car? As he's losing consciousness, he sees the light. It was a second car. <laughs> Literally, as I begin to annotate this book, I have it as a note here. I completely forgot. I was sitting in <sighs> dry burp, Dunkin' Bonuts. <laughs> I bone my Dunkin' Donuts. Sorry. And a guy sat at my table next to me and he pulled out two dozen donuts. <laughs> that was his order, so it was a bit distractible. I was having Bavarian cream squeeze onto my keyboard. This is all real. People live in different states of distractibility. You can use the caffeine to focus on the donut holes, or you can use it to type nonsense. <laughs> Sorry. Quote, It's difficult for the average person to maintain either an extremely focused or an extremely open state of consciousness for hours at a time. There's donut distractors out there. Yeah, most people live in the mid. Hey, yo, these motherfuckers mid out here. For real, no cap. It's much more intricate than smart and dumb. They say in order to be hypnotized, you know, you need a large degree of openness. So you could see a doctor go get hypnotized <laughs> by the medical industrial complex. Sorry. If you can control the state of your mind, you can control yourself from getting manipulated more often. This is going to get psychedelic. You see where we're going? State changes. The whole thing for the book is hunters are on the open, distractible end. And if you have that disposition, it's hard to listen to a teacher drone on for hours at a time without soundboards. <coughs> for official purposes, here's the DSM's definition of ADHD. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder affecting both children and adults. It's described as a persistent ongoing pattern of inattention or hyperactivity that gets in the way of daily life. And so I'm just citing this holy Bible of science. The DSM gives you the power to declare people crazy. This thing <laughs> is biblical. The funny part is how vague that definition is. An ongoing pattern of impulsivity. Okay, so you mean my life, being a human being, impulsiveness? As always, a DSM definition ends, gets in the way of daily life. That's the only thing the DSM cares about. Can you sit on the factory line? That's anything outside of the box. <laughs> Can Yeah. Tom Hartman's definition he put in the book, it acknowledges there's a spectrum of this stuff, whereas your school, just like the DSM, they'll put you on drugs. How crazy is that, bro? Some of my best friends, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but they were looted up. <laughs> the DSM looks at the world through 
this narrow point of view. It's almost like an ADHD. It's very ironic. I'll try to spell it out better. Here's a big quote to transition to his main thesis. We can change any situation by changing our internal attitude towards it. No, Tom Hartman, you have to take pharmaceuticals. 10,000 years ago, you probably would have died if you did not have ADHD. Holy shit, was that a lion behind me? Now you have to control it. Yeah, the best part of chapter one. This quote, it was first identified several years ago in association with alcohol and drug dependence and referred to the D2A1 variant. He's talking about genes here. (laughs) Variant. The DNA can apparently be transmitted by either the father or the mother and travels from generation to generation. Uh, This is his big discovery for chapter one. It is inheritable. (laughs) Big fucking whoop, science guy. There's literally a gene that makes you ornery, and we're still telling people, nah, your brain is wrong. I'm going to put you on drugs. It's a gene. We already know this. (laughs) The same problem comes up with substance abuse. You're a bad person. You're not obeying God. He has the gene. Are these NPCs? What are we talking about here? Do these people make their own decisions at a certain point? I used to eat donuts in bed. Let's see how far we've come. That's the song I put on when I try to shoot ropes above my girl's head. Stuttered. Joke doesn't count. Fuck. (laughs) Seriously, it's the same problem over and over. We know there's other external and internal factors. You know what's another newly discovered gene? (laughs) Not my farts. Yo, I'm stinking you guys up today. (laughs) I don't give a fork. The God gene. They're saying that there's a gene that helps how much you can believe in something. And there are certain injections going around that turn off these genes. putting information out here while Tom Hartman goes critical race theory quote black people have similar attention spans because they're closer to antiquity (laughs) I had to cherry pick that quote this guy is being racist you're not allowed to notice differences between races I thought we're all equal in every single way Tom Hartman all equal insanity He's going, black people are closer to our evolutionary primates. (laughs) So they have smaller attention spans. That's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, they were saying the sample size they had at Harvard matched the greater population. Okay, cool, man. (laughs) He did talk about Robin Williams at the end of the chapter. This guy was the ultimate stream of consciousness, ADHD, comic. Consciousness. Consciousness. How does Robin Williams thrift shop? Goodwill hunting. <laughs> Gonna go to chapter two, treatment. There are a number of ways people alter their brain chemistry, and many of these reduce the apparent effect of ADHD. Exercise, for example, is known to have an effect on the brain functions, and many adults I interviewed said that regular cardiovascular exercise was an important part in noticeable behavioral change. Yeah, you gotta like burn off all of that extra energy. You're tripping hard off of epinephrine after you go on a run. Of course, it's gonna put you through these state changes. A balanced life would look like you take a walk every couple hours. And we live in an autistic hyper comp. 
I can't talk. Hyper compartmentalized society. You have to drive from a building to a building to ride a fake bike for an hour to squeeze in a day's worth of cardio. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? This is that's the real special ed type of thing. <laughs> we should be outside, obviously. Hippie Nick at it again. We've made having extra energy into a downfall. It's a massive advantage, but fuck you. What kind of exercise do lazy people do? Diddly squat. <laughs> this chapter is called Treatment. We diagnose kids with ADHD and treat them with drugs. I think we should treat lazy people with meth. <laughs> Shouldn't we be giving them the speed? Upside down ass society. Us in our boxes. Quote. The easiest and fastest way to change brain chemistry is through the application of drugs. Hell fucking yeah. Working out sounds hard. Let me just take a pill that'll jack my heart rate up to 300 beats per minute. It goes the other way. I'm trying to discount my hype right now. Drugs can be used negatively. Obviously, <laughs> my disposition is that they're all positive. Giving a kid with ADHD Ritalin, I think it's like putting Neosporin on a broken femur. Like, seriously, we're not trying to improve anyone's focus here. We're selling them a dangerous band-aid that they have to take forever. There are ways to fix it that we will get to. Since we don't tell the kids the truth, <laughs> it snowballs into insane podcasts that go on longer than they should quote two psychiatrists and a surgeon each separately told me how they used illegal street amphetamines to make it through medical school scores of adhd adults reported how they drink pots on pots of coffee consuming thousands of milligrams of caffeine as a way of making it through the day a third of americans are self-medicating and that i guarantee caffeine is higher than that that's the amount of americans that are taking Pills, dog. And doctors, as he said, are some of the biggest pill heads out there. They're the pushers. Let me just, like, dispel the paradox here because I probably sound contradictory. We give kids with ADHD speed. It's all about dosage. And if you give someone too much of the thing, it kind of zombifies them. Same thing. If I'm prescribing some shroomage, dog, microdose for activity. Two grams is going to decapacitate you. These doctors know this. <laughs> it's evil, dude. This is like shamanism used in reverse or something. I'll go further left field than Tom Hartman. I had a buddy junior year. It was high school. He started taking Ritalin so he would pass physics. He came in day after day. Dude, I'm, third, I'm fourth prestige in black ops. Dude, I mowed the entire neighbor's lawn yesterday. How's the physics going? <laughs> it never clicks. I'm telling you, this stuff is best done on the back of a dirty bar toilet. <laughs> Ritalin, it's a party drug. What are we putting kids on this? <laughs> Hartman admits, quote, The anti-drug camp points out that very little is known about the long-term effects use of these drugs on adults. What about kids? I don't care about adults. You make your own choices. He said some of these adults reported having micro-strokes. <laughs> is that a real word? So when a kid goes uh, mini-golfing, is it called a micro-stroke? 
every kid is on drugs. I'm sure it's worse than when I was in school. They have uh, vape cartridges now. Oh, yo, Jason, there's only two minutes left until the bell rings. Let me hit your Rick and Morty cart. Come on, dude, just let me hit it. Guys, my mom is mad at me. She knew I took the secret candy behind the mirror in the bathroom. They have all of the drugs. Even when I was a camp counselor, <laughs> these kids are going deep. DEA schedules morphine and Ritalin as Schedule Two narcotics. So let's give it to our kids. One more quote on the chapter. Other treatments touted for ADHD include biofeedback, mindfulness training, and meditation. There's a growing body of evidence that there may be some value to these techniques for teaching people to slow down, focus their attention, home, and control their impulses. Nothing like a little CBT. A little cock and ball torture. <laughs> Cognitive behavioral torture. Chapter 3, ADHD. If ADHD people are hunters, what's the perfect job for them? Tom has an answer for everything. An ADHD-diagnosed freelance writer told me, As a reporter, I'm always on the hunt. My ADHD is an asset for me because I chose journalism. It's exciting. It's interesting. And there's not much boredom to it. You know what might be more exciting? Actually hunting. It's a hunt. Go hunting! <laughs> what are you saying? Dude, tiptoeing through the underbrush, listening to every gust of wind, that will quell anybody's spaz. Your ADHD, you need to take that deep breath of fresh air. Hollowell, this guy, reports that creativity is a common facet of the ADHD personality in his experience and even refers to creativity as ADHD gone right. ADHD gone right. That's what I'm saying. You got to use it. It's a gift, my dude. <laughs> Change your perspective. He has an excerpt from author Michael Crichton, Jurassic Park. Ever heard of it? This guy was a compulsive traveler. He says, compared to my non-creative business counterparts, I always wanted to stay on the road longer. So he would give himself experiences to write about, and this quelled his wanderlust. I know it's faggy. It's really hard to get away from the thoughts. But again, just use this stuff to your advantage. I, like you, likely do not have enough money to travel, Michael Crichton. BBC reporter, another one on the beat, my drug of choice is adrenaline. A significant majority of the writers and reporters I've known over the years echo this statement. <laughs> Tom said the people he met working at NPR almost all had ADD. <laughs> There's no way. You're telling me an NPR talking-ass motherfucker has ADHD. <laughs> There's no way. Those are the most calm people ever. ADHD is just this like cultural signifier now to validate your victimhood to somebody. Some bullshit. <laughs> it probably is real. I don't know if you think my take is that it's not real. Of course, it's a spectrum and just everybody's cashing out <laughs> so they can take an animal on a plane. Quote, classifying so many people as diseased can easily lead to a cult of victimization. I beat you to it, Tom causing people to redefine their own identities as that of the victim. In this case, the victim brain biochemistry. It really does run a different circuit in your brain when you tell yourself you're cursed by being distracted. This is a gift, motherfucker. Use it! 
everyone remembers the most ADHD kid in their class growing up. And it wasn't even me. Think about it. This was a funny fucking kid. I went to this kid's house. He would used to ride his black lab around their yard. He was a drummer. Introduced me to Kiss. Started putting him on drugs. Went to a different high school. And then I had to become the hype lord. I was doing flips off of the playground. I shat through a basketball hoop. <laughs> get tricky! Get tricky! And we're putting young boys in the classroom. What are we doing? <sighs> Still having trouble finding your spot in the workplace? Quote, One of the basic survival strategies for an ADHD person is to have a quiet place to work. Yeah, I guess that's a helpful takeaway. As for more workplace stuff... If you're a hunter, and so is your boss, it's particularly problematic. You'll have to work hard to play the farmer's role, or lobby as aggressively as possible to get and keep a real farmer type involved in meeting and work processes. Feed the pyramid scheme, get someone under you to do your farming. Quote, hunting managers who've risen into management often find themselves surrounded by responsibilities like periodic performance reviews that are boring, stressful, or difficult to remember. I'm having flashbacks of my office. Since you're reading this book, you're likely in the latter category, and the most important tools are organizational strategies and a good farmer assistant or partner. Uh. How nice. Steal your boss's money and undercut him. Take your favorite employees and do the same business model somewhere else. Yeah, either play business or get on the farm. There's a couple more quotes. Winston Churchill's parents had all but given up on him. By the time he graduated from school when he was 16, his mother wrote to him, Your work is an insult to your intelligence. It is that thoughtlessness of yours which is your greatest enemy. Quote, It was once believed that ADHD was a condition that afflicted only boys, and that they grew out of it at puberty. We know this isn't true now. It's an equal rate of ADHD in men and women adults. The only thing that stat proves is that school is for girls. Women do better in college classes. Why do women get to name their classes women's studies? Because men's studies is called STEM. <laughs> Chapter 4, The Hunter as an Entrepreneur. Tom starts this one saying, The trap that many hunters fall into is that they end up creating not a business, but a job for themselves. They start a company to manufacture or sell widgets. They help to make the widgets, and they do the sales. You've booby-trapped yourself. The Carnival Cruise Lines, it was started by a guy buying a dying shippany for $1. Shipping company. Ray Kroc started McDonald's with like $2,000 of borrowed money. He said Andrew Carnegie funded U.S. Steel with less than $25 in his pocket. All of these companies... They reached this middle stage where it doesn't matter what their skills were anymore. You got to hire people. We got some YouTuber listeners. Eventually you get big enough that you have to hire somebody to edit. And they're not going to know your style, but they'll be able to figure it out. You could teach people things. Well, that's this whole chapter. The hunter as an entrepreneur. The most challenging thing that ADHD people have when starting a business would probably be choosing a focus. Narrowing it down. Like some of the best advice that I've heard business-wise, you got to offer people what you validate yourself with. So if you validate yourself with how much money you have, 
then people are going to come to you to know how to make money. Now I'm saying the point is that most consumers are borderline sentient, <laughs> distractible. If you want to sell to most people, you got to specify or dumb down as some people say. People only trust you to do one thing because most people are only capable of doing one thing at a time. That's what I'm saying, that whole validation, it sounds hippy-dippy. It's getting hyper-focused. That's the game of business. Learn the competition. Eradicate any other part of your psyche. Tom quote, with free-ranging minds and imaginations, they look at the world through an ever-changing set of perspectives. Hunters tend to be horizontal rather than vertical problem solvers. Consulting. That's got to be the ultimate ADHD job. You go in and just tell everybody what's wrong. John Taffer, bar rescue, the ultimate consultant. Bro, if the food bores him, he spits it back out onto the plate. The ultimate. Quote, even though physicists and psychiatrists tell us that hunters are notorious procrastinators, intentional procrastinating is a skill we must still cultivate. Set your ideas aside and examine it again in a few days or a week. You could use all these things to the advantage. Procrastination can give you more time to work on something or put it on the shelf and then look at it again. Finish this one on the hunting metaphor again. For business, you got to choose your kill. So as we said, specify. Neglect all your inner nuance. Business, it's the exact opposite of art. Zero ambiguity, target audience of one. So I started talking about YouTube. Let's end it on that. They are a purveyor of ADHD. <laughs> like, you learn the styles of people's attention spans on the platform. It's corporate art. Algorithm killed the video star. <laughs> Go to chapter five, the final one, hunting for success. This last chapter is about rituals. We come from a bunch of foraging forefathers. They would dance around a fire, sync up everybody's, you know, get on a singular focus for the hunt. The hunt. Get everybody synced up. That's the TV talking about Ukraine. Tom says negative self-talk is the thing to get rid of because it distracts from the focus. Yo, that's a big thing. If you want to actually grow, purge your body from toxins, trauma, and talk. Negative talk, he just said. Yeah, those are the big three. What do you have to say original? Quote, John Roy is a therapist in Maine who shared with we one of the most powerful techniques for dealing with depression or defeated ADHD patients. He points out to them that it's a physical and psychological impossibility to think about two things at the same time. Me and your mom. There, I just debunked his whole theory. But this is how he said he cured ADHD. You can't think about two things at the same time. <gasps> just give them a copy of Lao Tzu. Fucking what? That's just Eastern philosophy. And the thing is, it's true. <laughs> you have to get people to think about non-duality, man. It's like juggling. Yeah, you cannot focus on two things at the same time, but you could keep multiple thoughts in the air. Seriously, only one is going to be in your palm at a given time. Decent advice here, hunters being visual. Ordinary pictures are easily forgotten. However, it's absurd pictures that have the greatest memorability. 
If you wanted to memorize a list of things to do, for example, simply convert each item on the list to an absurd picture. I've noticed as a memer over the years, the ones that go the furthest almost have a displeasing quality. That's the punch. It isn't the funny. It's the weird. <laughs> Ending the book, he's got a couple more business tips. Carnegie was fond of noting that he knew manufacturing and marketing steel, but he hired the best minds around him. Yeah, we don't have enough money to hire people. Give me a dollar. I read you all the books and give you the information. <laughs> and I just told you how to make the best memes. And how to fucking memorize things in memes. We got one more quote for this book. Gotta respect Tom. It was 100 pages in and out. Years ago at the newsletter factory, we started irregular luncheon meetings in which I'd share my knowledge of marketing and advertising with my employees. My goal was for everybody there to know what I knew, plus what they knew. So share what you know and what's worked for you. If this message, for example, has been useful to you, pass it along. I hope I helped widen your perspective today. Think about focus versus distractibility as a spectrum. And seriously, pass it along because the algorithm isn't doing it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, that was ADHD by Tom Hartman. Next week on the show, we are moving it along Nick's nonfiction, the ever-changing platform. We have got top five regrets of the dying. This one's going to be super speed. It's five super quick tips on how to live a better life. Seriously, trying to change it up here, give you... A listicle of wisdom. If BuzzFeed could do it, so can I. That's another edition of Nick's Nonfiction in the Bag. Seriously, I love you guys. Talking about the platform we're on, getting more communal. The Patreon is getting... I cannot believe what the people over there are suggesting to me. You guys know me. It's great. I love it. Patreon.com slash the niche where you can find me. Instagram, Harry Schwant. Free memes. Let's get a random soundboard effect going to close this out. Say psych right now. Psych! Thank you for tuning in. Nick's Nonfiction signing off. Stay healthy. Go outside. Read a book. Peace.